under this $25 sign for two weeks. Well, you see, Josh, that's a sales sign, and the sale ended this morning. Are you telling me that if I wanted to purchase one of these shirts, I wouldn't get it for the price advertised? Crawford was being baited, and he knew it. He chewed harder on his bottom lip. He didn't want to anger Josh too much, but he damn well wasn't going to let an Indian get the better of him in his own store. He decided upon a compromise. For you, Josh, the price is twenty-five, but that's if you buy it. Whereas other men might have felt embarrassed or angry at being treated with such disrespect, Bruce was simply grateful to be out of the spotlight. He stepped aside as Josh paid for the shirt. Josh understood that the compromise was necessary in order for Crawford to save face. It was how most of Josh's transactions were conducted in town. He was able to purchase merchandise at a reasonable price, and Crawford was able to tell his drinking buddies that he hadn't backed down to an Indian. I'm not going to tell a man how to conduct his business, Josh, but... One day you'll learn. You can only trust these Indians so far. Crawford bagged the shirt and handed it to Josh, who in turn handed it to Bruce. So far, they're the only ones around here I do trust. Besides, without them, what would you and all the other old ladies in town have to gossip about? Bruce smiled at Josh, calling Crawford an old lady, only Josh could get away with something like that. If a Keohawk had insulted Crawford or any of the men who spent time across the street in Page's bar, he would have been dragged outside and beaten to death. Bruce touched the scar over his left eyebrow, consciously pushing back the memory of how it had gotten there. Across the street, Jack Page squinted between the letters of the beer advertisement painted on his front window. Hey, Sam, isn't that one of those dovetails across the street with Josh? Now he's even got the damn kids working on his ranch. Leaning back on his stool so he could see out the window, Sam said, Shit, all those scalp collectors look the same to me. Josh has been strutting all over town like they own it. I remember before Josh built the J-Bar-S, and the Indians knew their place around here. Jack swiped at a fly that had landed on the glass-framed cavalry jacket that hung on the wall behind the bar. My great-grandfather knew how to take care of those savages. What are you saying, Jack, that we should ride out to the reservation and shoot them all? Jack knew the only reason Sam hung out at the bar was to bum free drinks— but he didn't mind. He enjoyed the company. Sam on a bar stool was more like a fixture than a customer. What I'm saying is they need a little reminding from time to time of where they belong in the scheme of things around here. Now that's easy enough to say, Jack, but with Josh around, there's nothing we can do. Yeah, and I don't see you paying for that beer either. As he continued to complain... Jack refilled Sam's glass. Josh may be a smart man, but don't forget, he's just a man. He cuts and bleeds like the rest of us.
The road out to the reservation was like all the other roads around Chinoa, rocky, unpaved, and better suited for four-legged broncos than those built in Detroit. Bruce adjusted the air-conditioning vent away from himself. One of the advantages of his Keohawk heritage was a natural tolerance for the Nevada desert heat. He opened the bag and stared at the shirt. Like any other seventeen-year-old who wanted to impress a girl, appearance meant a lot to him. Bruce knew a thousand new shirts wouldn't change anything, though, because time was running short. Even though he realized he was being unrealistic, he clung to the hope that this one new shirt could mean one last chance to make everything turn out right. You're awful quiet, Bruce.